Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. So I'm so glad to have Axel Dunlap here with me. Welcome to my podcast, Axel. Thank you very much, Vesna. Axel has an American-Swedish background. He's 20 years old and right now he's fully immersed in studying Italiano in Rome. È vero. <laughs> so, Axel, let's kick off with one uh, very, I guess, difficult question in a way for many people. What is actually your passion? I gave it a lot of thought on the train ride here up to Milan and I found that when it comes to what you're passionate about and passion in general, a lot of it has to do with suffering. Someone's passion, to me, could be something that would cause a lot of suffering, like say baking. Like to me, the whole process is just suffering. And for me, my passion, which would be making art or health and fitness, things that I'm immersed in heavily every day, it would cause many people a lot of suffering, like making a piece of art, the anxiety that comes with that, mm -hmm. the anxiety that comes with creating something And that could be anything. And I tried to tie that together with, um, with business and companies where it's a creative process. And with any creative process, there's always the anxiety that you're not good enough. You're not going to meet people's expectations, needs, mm -hmm. and you're not going to be as good as those who excel in that field in general. And it's just sort of getting over that threshold, getting over the fact that you might not be as good as the elites but trying anyway. And mm. that's, that's what passion's all about, just mm. not caring about mm. the, the suffering and the anxiety around it. You know, A lot of people try to get in good shape, mm. but they can't or they make excuses to not go to the gym or to not go for that run, to eat an extra donut or whatever it is because they mm. think, I'm never going to make it anyway. But mm. the whole thing is more about to be as good as you can be. And if you're really passionate about something, mm. you can set aside the suffering. You don't see it for what, for what other people see it as mm. in general. And I think that's really the important part. And if, if you're really passionate about your company or what you're doing, it should come more naturally, you know? Mm. Yeah, and you don't even have to think about, as you say, comparing with the elites and so on. You just go... And the passion is kind of the driving force. Right, yeah. And just kind of trust the process in a way. Yeah, because you're having fun and you're, you're doing what you want to do. You're doing something that's important to you. Mm. And therefore, it... Yeah, it, yeah, it people will notice. They will notice. Mm. They will notice. Mm. If you're doing what's right, people will, will know that. They'll see that and they'll think more of you because mm. you're doing what you want. Wow, they're doing what they want. That's something that I would like to do. Mm. And they, of course, appreciate that and admire that. But what about your, let's call it, next step? I mean, now you're, you're studying Italian and having a great time also in Rome. And uh, I understand that you are very into languages and, and love, love languages in general. But I also happen to know that you're good at so many things. So given that you have so many insights and so much knowledge and so many talents, What is your next step? Is it difficult because you're good at a lot of things? 
I think what makes it difficult, uh, I think being good at a lot of things, I think any person could find a lot of things where they excel if they just try a lot of things. And I think the fact what makes it difficult is more that there are so many options nowadays. Back in the day when, you know, your dad was a smith or a shoemaker and that's what you did, it, it really narrowed down those options, you know? But now that you can be anything you want, given that you study hard enough or apply for enough jobs or uh, work hard enough at what you want to create independently, mm. there are so many doors and uh, the difficulty lies therein, where to choose. Mm. And so for me, the reason I've chosen this path uh, is, as you said, because mm. I'm passionate about language, learning the, the history of other cultures and the history of other languages. And for me, finding my way would be easier if I took a step out into the world. And so for me, the next step would most likely be to go to university to study either art, which is something mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about and would like to get into either animation or mm -hmm. work independently, even though that's a way less stable option, but nevertheless, one that's out there nowadays, mm -hmm. or whether it's going through an engineering program in, at a university in Sweden or America or wherever. And it's even uh, the, the thought has crossed my mind to study medicine, to become a doctor just more recently. It was never something that I thought about very much during my high school years, but it's become more apparent to me that I might find that life fulfilling, mm -hmm. you know, down the line. Mm. But how do you connect passion with the choice you will eventually make, whether it's art or medicine or something else? I think uh, whether I choose to go into a field like uh, engineering, where it's very heavily uh, about mathematics and abstraction, or whether I go into art, where I get to express my creativity, or mm. uh, whether I go into something having to do with health and fitness, where it's just trying to make other people improve themselves and you know, trying to live an as healthy life as possible. Mm. It's really about connecting that passion into that Field. So whether it's becoming a doctor and you're connecting art into there, like say you become a surgeon, it's kind of like drawing. It's a very vague parallel to draw, but uh, but it's uh, there are definitely similarities there, mm -hmm. you know. And, and I think really the passion for giving back to the community and and my passion for seeing other people prosper and, and mm -hmm. have a good time is is really the prime factor. Like what what connects all these things, you know? Mm. And so I think that's where the real, the real truth lies. Like the passion should come from something like, why do I like art? Why do I like fitness? Why do I like mathematics or language? Because it's a way to connect with other people. Mm. Uh, it, you know, sort of if you go back to the basics, like why do I like art? I like seeing other people's art. I like when other people see my art and, and think that that's nice for whatever reason, mm. you know, if they connect mm. with it. And it's mm. just sharing and becoming a community. And whether it's, you know, mm. becoming a, a doctor or engineer where you're actually actively trying to help society or something more artistic where you're helping society in a more abstract sense, you know, mm. trying to make people see things that might not be as clear mm. in the moment. Interesting. But so far, what would you say are your transformational points in your life. I mean, you're only 20, but still, I'm, I'm sure that there have been certain points, certain, it could be people, it could be moments. 
right before my second year of high school. So I was about 17 and I had a friend who asked me, could you make me a, a workout program? He asked me if I could just help him get into better shape before high school. His friend was two years younger than I am. Mm -hmm. And I told him, yeah, I just made him a meal program and a workout program. He stuck to it during the summer and that was great. And that showed me that that's something I can do. Mm -hmm. Wow, I can actually help people mm. get into better shape, improve themselves, that's fantastic. And then during that fall is when everything really kind of took a turn. And I had a, one of my very close friends lost his father. I spent a lot of time with him during that time. Uh, and he started working out with me. And I, of course, felt very much not enough, you know, as you would with someone that's, that's lost someone dear to them or mm. just handling loss in general is not, not easy. And you never really feel like you're enough for the people around you that have lost someone. But I just did that. I spent time with him and we worked out and I made his program and that was great. And one month later, my best friend was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, during, it was, I think, the day before Christmas. So mm. it, was, it was a rough time. I ended up spending a lot of time with, with him at the hospital and on the phone, and we talked about it. And the whole time I was working out with, uh, with my other friend who's, who'd lost his dad. And the whole time, I, if someone would have asked me, like, how are you doing? I'd be like, what? Like, huh? Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I would have really thought about that. Mm. Because to me, what was important was like, how are all these other people doing? And I was fortunate to be in a situation where mm. I felt like, yeah, I could give that amount of myself up. It's mm. not, you know, I didn't feel like, oh, I need someone's shoulder to, to lean on. But the whole time and seeing uh, them get better from these terrible experiences, both of them are doing very well right now. My, mm. my best friend who had cancer as well, and he's here with me uh, in Italy, in Rome, mm -hmm. and my other friend is studying it to become an IT engineer of some kind, uh, and he's doing very well. But, but seeing them get better and dealing with these things and, and seeing mm. my friend who went to the gym with me become more confident than he'd ever been in himself and, you know, just transforming into something completely different was... It was a, a humbling and very uh, educational experience, yeah. I'd say. And I think that what, what it's given me mostly is I don't feel like there's a rush to get anywhere. You know, I feel like before uh, these events happened, so before my, my second year of high school, there was a lot of focus on you need to do well, you need to have the best grades, you need to get into all these different branches of life where just success, success, success. Failure at all is unacceptable. And I think that's what pollutes a lot of young people's minds. Like that's what causes a lot of anxiety, this focus on sort of success in a, just a general sense. Like you need, you need to do well in the most sort of normal way. Branching out and being creative is not as focused <laughs> on as just going through your your education, your, your science education, becoming a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it is. And I think for me to take a step back, to have school be not a very important part of my life at that point in time, since uh, my friends weren't doing very well health-wise, was eye-opening that like there, there are things that I value way more than this mm. thing that we've put up on a pedestal in society. You, you have to be 
successful mm. and do well in school. Mm. And seeing my other friends focusing in on school and being not feeling great at all because of it mm. was, it just gave me more perspective to see that like, okay, mm. I'll back down a little bit and look what my options are and just evaluate more like how much value is this going to give me in the end? You know, am I going to actually enjoy going down this uh, heavily corporate path where I just work for people to make my living and or where I don't put my soul into it? Or or do I want to choose the businesses and situations I want to be in based on Mm. what my values are and what I truly appreciate? Mm. But in terms of the education, I mean, it really feels like it's a, you know, it's a heritage from the industrial system in a way. So we're just going through school like a factory and we're kind of boxed in. So, but how, do you think there is a hope of of changing the education to something else? And what is that something else? I do. I think uh, you see more and more hope because I think a lot of people with the internet and people branching out into things, even if they have a good education. You see a lot of people who branch into different fields and start things because they see that they have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So definitely seeing that that's happening is hopeful in my mind. And seeing that from my perspective, the Swedish school system is, is what I've been through. So seeing there that people are putting more value into these educations that prepare you for a profession like being a plumber or an electrician or that that people are valuing that more because in the end, if you don't want to spend the time going to university for five years because you feel like you could start working with something and that that would make you happy, just that there's less judgment and uh, stigma attached to that, like, oh, you don't have a a higher education, you know, that that's not important. I have a lot of friends now that have been to high school for that prepares them for a profession like that. Like I have a friend who's an electrician and while people think he's not making extraordinary money, it's good for a 19-year-old and he's not actively taking these student loans every year for three or five years of, uh, of a university. And by the time that these other people get out of university, his pay is going to be what their starting pay might be. And he's been making money the whole time. So I think we need to reevaluate who the real winners are in society. Like, are they the people who choose to do something so that they can focus on what they're passionate about or just in general, if that's what they are passionate about or the people that just follow the set path that we've imagined is the greatest path. Mm. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of changes happening. And uh, I think that it's it's nice. I think there's a lot more connection with uh, companies online now too like the connectivity is fantastic companies that connect with their target audience and their customers on social media and other things i think that's how the the platforms were intended to be used and i think a lot of people are doing a fantastic job mm. and uh, but in terms of you, you were mentioning now companies and and businesses and organizations for that matter What kind of long-term formula or solution do you do you believe in? I mean, there's lots of you know companies over the past 10, especially 10 years, talking about sustainability and delivering a lot on that as well. There is circular economy models. Um, everybody's trying to be 360 degrees and everybody's trying hard to be authentic. Do you see much of that in your 
perception of companies, brands? Yeah, I think I do. Connecting back to the the point I was making that that companies are connecting with their audiences. I think the it's therein the uh, authenticity lies. You know, they they show the people that we're just people trying to run this thing and make this product for you. A lot of times, you can see the the genuine uh, reason why people wanted to start their company, especially with smaller businesses on social media platforms. And it's difficult for me to say how to improve the formula, but I think the it's very difficult for companies to encompass the, like you said, 360 degrees, the full spectrum. Mm. Because nowadays you got to focus on creating jobs for people and you got to be authentic and you have to be a green company, environmentally friendly. Mm. And I think it's I think a lot of companies, like you said, are doing a great job taking all the boxes. But I think it's going to get more and more difficult as we run into more and more issues. But when it comes to improving the formula, it's very difficult for me to say. I think just continuing this path of we want authenticity, we want to see the genuine reason why people are, are starting these companies and why people are running these companies and to what extent you can really see that that authenticity is genuine mm. it's very uh like this podcast you're you're making this podcast to let people know about this stuff and i think there's a very genuine feel to it mm. you know like mm. you just want to know what's going on in the business world and let other people know about it it's it's all about mm. connectivity in the end and, and connecting with the the people it, it's really just trying to to bridge the gaps in the the corporate world and i think that's mm. seeing that people are doing more things like like this or mm. you know in, in the corporate world and in general is uh, is hopeful and i think that's just the way it's going to need to mm. keep going to see progress in the formula and in you know evolve the system mm. yeah. but if you would um, assume that you have um, some kind of profession, whether it's going to be an engineer or, or something like that, and you imagine yourself applying to a certain company, what kind of demands would you have on them and on you, of course, in the process of finding them? I think a very, for me, a very clear vision is very important to have and for every employee at a company to know, like, this is where we're going. And whether whether you're the cleaning guy or, or the the right-hand man of the CEO or, or whatever it is, I think just knowing where everything is going and direction is what I'd be looking for. You know, why am I doing this? Who mm. am I helping with this job? And what really is my task? Let's dream a little bit and say that you can um, assume that you have like all doors open and you have all resources available. Uh, what would you then innovate or change? And you can, you know, pick whatever area of life you, you want. I think the, the big change that I would want to make, and, and however I could do it, mm. I don't think the, the vehicle of my, uh, for my message is very important in a way, even though like it's important in the way that I should enjoy it and be passionate about it and mm -hmm. all those things. But I think I'd want to convey the message that it's not, everything isn't so set in stone. And what I mean by it is that 
you don't really have to rush to get somewhere. You don't need to, like all the doors can open if you put the time in and if you just sit back and, and evaluate what, what you uh, value. And I think that more people need to understand and more young people need to know and yeah, understand what, what it is I understood during those difficult years, that difficult time, because it feels like we're pushing this, uh, this stress and anxiety culture on, on people with, where you have to take all these pills to not be anxious and get through the day. And, uh, and I think just knowing that the safety net is pretty large and that you can do pretty much whatever you want if you just put the time in and connect with the right people is uh, inspiring. And I think more people need to know that it's, it's possible and that you don't need to live this stressed out life where you need to get from point A to point B as fast as possible. And you need to always be maximally efficient and have the best grades. And you end up neglecting the relationships and connections that you have mm. by focusing on what the right path for you is Mm. conventionally all the time. Mm. Um, like and, and be, be the change you want to see in a way. It's probably the best way to demonstrate that, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. I think the just focus on what can I do for myself first and how can I change? I think really focusing on like how can I change myself in this way and how can I continue on a path where this is fulfilling me, this is Uh, helping other people find what I've understood and how can I get to a destination where I'm comfortable, uh, mm. somewhere where I, And I feel like I've found this in Rome and I can continue finding this in other places, a space where I'm comfortable, you know? And by comfortable, I don't necessarily mean, you know, stagnant. Like that's where, like just, it's, it's a challenging environment mm. being in a new place. It's not comfortable always in that sense but it's comfortable knowing that there is a trajectory there is direction you know i am heading somewhere mm. and just having that comfort without necessarily you know i'm not going to university to some program that'll take me to a job or i'm not necessarily doing something to to forward my career mm. but i am doing something to forward my character to forward my development Mm. And I think that's enough, uh, there's enough value for me in that to, to be comfortable. Mm. And it's that comfort that I'm talking about, the, the sort mm. of comfort in your soul, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. A lot of people who are listening to this part are also what you would typically call leaders. They can decide a lot of things and, and have certain impact, hopefully good one. So if you could give like, one piece of advice to, to leaders, what would that be? What I'd like to see more in, in workplaces and at schools is trying to improve and make your employees the best they can be. By which I mean something like, for example, we, we've all had teachers where they don't feel as engaged in, in your education or the fact that you actually improved or bosses where they just kind of want you to get the job done and they don't really care uh, how or why or when, you know? 
but leaders who are actually uh, engaged and because I've had fantastic teachers and fantastic bosses where they've been interested in what I do and how I do my job and, you know, give positive and negative feedback. You know, I think this is a great thing you're bringing to the table. I think this is, uh, you know, how we should be doing things. And I think it's very, very helpful to have a positive and, you know, relationship that makes you grow in both the workplace and as a person, as a, a character, in a sense. Mm. Uh, I think that's what leaders need to focus on because that's what separates the, the bad leaders, the bad mentors in your life and the good ones that, you know, are they actually developing my character? Will I, after I've been at this job or after I've worked at this job for X amount of time, have improved this much and will I have more experience or will I just have done a job to pay my bills and I'm at the same point in my development after five years or two years or mm. a month, whatever it could be. Mm. So yeah, I think just giving value that maybe even unexpected value to employees because I, a lot of people working for their leaders don't really you know, have the experience or, or wisdom to know that they should be learning more than just whatever the task is at their job. But what about you? If you would give advice to yourself, let's say three, four years ago or so, what would it be? What I've learned is that insecurities aren't very valuable or they're not, they're not something that ever helps you. So what I would tell myself at 16 and 17 would be not to worry so much about the things that I was insecure about at the time, you know, well, whether it was some kind of social anxiety in certain situations, uh, which I think is very relatable for most people. You know, I think most people at 15, 16 would feel, whether it's with the opposite sex or, or in a group of friends, how do I handle myself? Uh, I think a lot of people would feel uh, anxiety and pressure in a lot of times. And I think the advice I would give to myself, which seems very cliche, but I'll try to put it in a way that's less formulaic, is that I, I'd tell myself to not really care if other people think bad things about the things I enjoy doing, like say I enjoyed playing some video game at the time, or if I enjoyed going to the gym or gymnastics or parkour or, you know, wh whatever the mm. cool thing to do was at the time. To not really be phased by other people's opinions of it, to definitely take them into consideration, understand why do they think these things? Do they think them because mm. they're anxious and they're insecure about these sort of guilty pleasure things that they do in their life? Or is it because I'm actually doing something wrong, you know, to actually step back and think, okay, does this damage my social profile or, <laughs> or am I just hurting myself by, by thinking that, that this is wrong, even though it's something that I enjoy doing. Mm. And I think that that's something that you can take with you into your adult life. Like now, for instance, I do what I want to do. I feel most of the time, you know, if I don't want to do something, I don't go. If I, if I do, I put my heart into it, you know? I, and there are a lot of things like art where I just, I want to sit at home and draw sometimes. And uh, if people think that that's a bad idea, I don't really care. And if uh, I want to go to the gym and people think like, oh, you know, you're, you're such a health freak or 
that's so unnecessary. It's not mm. really like I understand their opinions, but a lot of the time it stems from people either being anxious that they're not doing enough about their passions mm. or that you just shouldn't consider their opinion at all because in the end it's not really that important to you to just joke about yourself if you really like if someone says something that about your insecurities or if someone just says something about you to knock you down okay you know give them that one like just joke about yourself more like yeah all right fair point try to make it funny mm. Make it your time. It doesn't really matter in the end. And people are going to like you more if you're not the guy who's always coming up with comebacks and putting people down. Like, just mm. try to bring the whole uh, group up in a sense, mm. you know? And if you do that, everyone will appreciate you in the end, you know, whether it's your peers or girls you're interested in. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, anyone you want to hang out with is going to appreciate it more if you're someone who focuses more on lifting the group up and providing a better uh, ambiance, if you will. But is it more difficult today, if you're 15, 20 years old or so, to be, in a way, yourself? Uh, I mean, I'm also thinking about all the social media pressure that the, that is out there. People are almost, uh, you know, orchestrating a certain profile and so on. And, and, and of course, this is valid also for adults. But still, from your perspective, what do you think? I think seeing a lot of people my age and obviously hanging around with them on a, an hourly basis and, you know, minutely basis, if you go by social media, I think a lot of people are affected by that stuff because you're always seeing people who are good at different things. And in a way, that's great because it's inspiring you to do stuff. Mm. But you're also on all these apps that are designed by professionals and experts at trying to get your attention. And that's the problem. Like you, you, you always need to think like, am I just on this app because someone has programmed it in a way so that I'm drawn to be here and keep scrolling, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, any social media, popular social media platform that you might use, or am I actually here to see what people are doing and, mm. you know, get more perspective on things? Because a lot of the time you'll find that you're just wasting time on things that, You know, people have had intent to make you waste time on these apps or spend time, you know, if you believe that it's valuable or not. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap and that's why they don't feel like they're accomplishing enough because, you know, they're being drawn into these things. And to be fair, it's almost too tempting not to fall into the trap. You know, like I use a lot of social media sites. I am on the Internet a lot. I do a lot of those things. And I'm sure a lot of people are. Like they watch way more TV than they probably should or they, you know, whether it's TV shows or movies or if they're on Facebook or any other mm. site, Instagram or Snapchat or, or just messaging their friends. They're made with the, the colors and the sounds and the different transitions and to activate your, uh, your nervous system. And it's very hard to resist that. Mm. And I think that It's very obvious when you see someone, like uh, I had a conversation with you yesterday uh, where we talked about that some girl had been on a date with a guy and she'd just been using her phone the whole time. And she's clearly just being drawn into that, whether she is interested in this guy or not. The interest in this phone and what's going on there is, I mean, it's actually inhibiting her growth as a person. Like she's not talking to this guy. She's not 
maybe building this relationship or understanding that like, oh, I can't build this relationship with this guy because of this and that reason. There's no evaluation and growth and maybe preparation for you know, the, the next uh, guy to date, like, oh, is this a more suitable mate, a more suitable <laughs> father for my children or whatever it may be because of this uh, social media. So I think there are a lot of traps that you shouldn't fall into. And this has existed long before. I mean, with TV, radio, advertisements, you can go back, you know, to any point in time and there have been things that try to get your attention. I think that's where a lot of the insecurity and a lot of the unproductive behavior comes from. Mm. And uh, going back to companies or organizations, if there is one thing that you think is the most important thing for them to focus on right now, what would that be? I think the most important thing and the, where I've seen companies being the most successful is when they have a good connection with their fan base. When they know who they're talking to, they know who appreciates their work and from there they can they can work on you know who who else can i aim my uh, my product at the companies i appreciate the most and that i admire the most a lot of the time do exactly that they they have a good you know daily or semi daily connection with their fans whether it's on instagram or facebook or posting a snapchat story and showing what's going on in their workplace and Uh, how their company is developing and just a very honest like yeah this is what's happening and this is how we do it which Because, companies are are those that you for example admire well a lot of like i used to uh i, I don't follow a lot of companies at the moment but i used to follow companies like uh, you know gym wear companies uh, because i've been mm -hmm. so interested in um health and working out you know followed the the evolution the entire evolution of companies like Gymshark and Alpha Elite and just where you see all these I mean all these people at these companies are social media profiles they're mm. they're people who you actually get to know and see their professional and creative side and how their everyday life works and and really that's how their company has become successful that's how they've become successful because of their personality developing their brand as themselves. Mm -hmm. And I, I think just showing the authenticity of your company that way through social media in, in a very honest way is very important. And I think that's because as a person who's 20 years old right now, very recently turned, those are the types of companies I've come in contact with, companies mm -hmm. that have been active on social media and shown their work. Mm. And that's what I've been drawn to. And I think a lot of people have, clearly, since mm. they get that much traction. So I think that's the most important thing right now, to be, to be connected. You know? Whether it's you talk to people in your stores or online, it's uh, showing people that you're doing it for them. The amount of information, photos, videos, impressions, everything texts of different kinds it's just huge and it's increasing by the second yeah it's <laughs> and, exponential and it's really exponential and i'm thinking always you know of course it's not going to stop it's not about that but how do you remain sane in the way you find and digest and consume and decide things 
in that kind of world that is exponential? I think just having uh, an everyday life. Otherwise, you know, outside of your, you know, the what you show the world and and what your company is on the the internet or uh, you know online, you need to just have a regular life. Step back and look like what what other things are valuable to me? Do I want a family? Do I want to raise children? Do I want to have a a loving relationship with a with a partner? You know, do I like running up in the hills or do I like taking care of my dog? You know, like what what other things are there? Because if you focus solely on one thing, the way I've seen my friends and you know fellow students focus only on going to school and getting the best grades, it, that's when you go insane. You know, because if if all you feel is like the the anxiety of trying to get somewhere or whether you're running into obstacles at school or at your workplace, then of course you're, you're only like, that's going to be your entire life. All that anxiety is, is all you're going to feel. But if there are other things in your life, if you're living a healthy everyday life and you're getting your exercise, you're, you're educating yourself on other things, you know, by listening to podcasts or reading books or listening to books, watching documentaries, like whatever your favorite means of taking in you know, educational, informative information. You know, I think it's really important to just have the have the rest of your life be balanced so that you can handle some imbalance being thrown at you. Because if everything's up and down all the time, your life's going to be like a moody teenager. Like it's <laughs> it's not going to be fantastic. It's going to be high and low. And so I think just creating balance for anyone, you know, that's probably the one thing I've learned the most from working out and seeing other people get better and improve uh, their health and, and physical fitness is just that like having that balance in your life, whether it's diet wise or, or socially or with men or women or whatever it may be, it's very important to have the right balance for you, you know? And um, if we finish off on a really big scale, uh, thinking about the whole world as such. What, what do you think the world needs most at this time? What I think the world needs most <laughs> at this time, truly a, a, wow. yeah, a big question. Uh, the world needs more balance. I, I think that's really where it ends up because there's all this chaos and there are all these highs that we run into, you know, whether it's uh, just seeing everyone's best sides on the on the internet or seeing celebrities on tv shows or you know just running into problems at work or everyday life everything is super dramatic but like there's never time for those just you know what about all the mediocre moments like when you're just walking to work and hey maybe the sun is shining and you might be sweating a little bit so that's kind of bad but hey, the weather's nice and you're not being hailed on. So uh, you might be listening to a good song, you know, just uh, knowing that, yeah, that's that's pretty all right. You know, that's yeah. life's pretty OK. And just understanding that that's where the balance is, like having those moments and then some lows and some highs and knowing that it's all all right. You know, it's all normal. I think just understanding Mm. Balance and creating more balance in the world. Very good, very good uh, advice and uh, an answer, really. So what do you think actually is the big difference between a person who is 
let's say, 20 and another one who is 40, 50? That's a, a very interesting question because it's something I've thought about a lot. Uh, honestly, hanging out with these uh, small children, again, when they have insights and questions uh, that I've never thought about or, or when I ask them something and they know something I don't know, because you realize, and it's something you realize as you're growing up, as you, you know, sort of observe your parents or other adults in your life that, oh, there's no transition. There's no point where like, yep, I'm an adult now. I've turned 18 or 20 or whatever, and now I'm going to start adulting. It's more, <laughs> you know, that you just keep being yourself. You keep being the person you've always been. You're, you're just a child in a big person's body, a grown-up person's body, and you still have to figure everything out the way you figured things out as a kid. You just, you try them out or you read about them and like, oh, this is how it works. And that adults are the same way. You know, if, if I can learn something from a three-year-old, a 50-year-old can learn something from a 20-year-old, a you know, like it's just interesting to see that you never really, there's never a point where like, yep, yeah, I totally know what I'm doing all the time now. You know, mm. it's like, there's always this sort of, uh, vagueness in life. There are always these points where you're like, uh, what's going on now? Where do I go? I think uh, being a person who's 40 and 50 years old and, and doing a job and you know performing a task or informing people and uh, doing whatever it is your, your job entails for, you know, since you've been 20 years old, for 30 years, 20 years, 15 years, that you need to be educating yourself and improving all the time. Because I think that's where the respect for someone who's been working for such a long time should come from, you know, that they've been, they've been working on this craft, you know, perfecting this, this job and this profession for so many years, the, a field where you've just come in and you're testing the waters, you know, your toes are wet, but they've been swimming down at the depths for many years and exploring it. And I think that's really where respect for someone should come from, you know, that they've been truly immersed in their in their job and trying to, you know, perfect this skill as much as possible for such a long time. And, and if that ever gets stagnant, you take a step back and, and reevaluate, like, what is it I could be doing? Like, how can I continue improving at this job? What What is it I can do to to keep learning? So, Axel, how was it to be on the podcast? I think it's been a fantastic experience. It's been, uh, you know, great to be able to share my thoughts to the extent that I've been able to uh, about these, uh, you know, burning questions. And uh, it's been a great time uh, being here, truly, honestly. It's been fantastic. <laughs> thank you very much, Vesna. <laughs> thank you. So, thank you, Axel, and thanks for sharing. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Acast, and I truly appreciate if you share this episode with your network and friends for impact. Thanks for listening, and until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. Ciao.